Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLV. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. He is the voice of reason for Vinny Mac. Yeah, we're, we're, we're throwing nicknames at you now. <laughs> Scott. Good morning, buddy. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. You know, as uh, ATR's uh, voice of the WWE. <laughs> Just coming up with all the nicknames. Um, it's yeah, It's been one hell of a week. It has been. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of crazy shit going on. First and foremost, <clears throat> do not forget to listen to Raw Review, SmackDown Study, and Scott's new NXT narrative that drop on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. Guys, definitely give those a listen. We got a lot to talk about. And first and foremost, we're going to kick right into the news. Uh, almost forgot this one. Just before I hit record, I remember this. The, earlier this week, last week, Jim Ross announced that he has skin cancer. Um, I guess they found it on his ankle. He's figure he's trying to figure out, you know, where he's, you know, what he plans on doing, how he plans on getting treated and whatnot. Uh, Jim Ross, 69 years old. He is, I mean, they, they said it when I was at Dynamite. Ooh, spoiler for what's going to come. Um, <clears throat> He's, he's the voice of professional wrestling. I mean, you yeah. cannot think of a more synonymous voice at this point. And, yeah, we can talk about, you know, Shivani, or we can talk about, you know, Joey Styles back in the day. We can talk about Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan. We could go through the list, even Vince McMahon. But I think in the modern era of professional wrestling for the past 30 years, when you hear commentary, you hear a voice – it's Jim Ross. Yep. So thoughts, prayers, everything out to the man himself. Hopefully uh, he gets that all figured out. Um, I'm wondering if he'll take away from some dynamite tapings, potentially. But, you know, maybe get some other guys in there to get some some other mic work. You know, since they seem to have a brewing list of commentators right True. now. <laughs> um, in other news... Um, WWE just unveiled their pay-per-view schedule for 2022. Why do I have an ad that's in front of my article? There we go. Um, 
So we got a full list. It's not even, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Scott, I think there's only nine pay-per-views here, two, four, six, eight, nine pay-per-views. They listened, Sam. They listened. I have been screaming from the mountaintops that WWE does not need a pay-per-view every single month because the writers have enough hard enough time as it is, and this just gives them time to now actually hopefully make some good storylines. Hopefully. I hope so. Um, but what's exciting about this? So Scott and I, next month, we are going to try to make our uh, fight our way into the line for tickets for Mania. Go on mm. to sale. I think the weekend full gear is happening. Uh, go on sale, I believe, the 12th. Yeah, so the day before full gear. We got to figure that out. Um, if we get our tickets, oh, you guys will be the first to know. Yep. Um, but what's really fascinating, so on top of that, the following month, Sunday, May 8th, nine days before my 31st, WWE is holding its first pay-per-view at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. I know there's a lot of places out there where they've never held pay-per-views, but Providence has been a staple for this company for years. I mean, this was part of it. I mean, it was New York, Hartford, Providence, Boston, um... Portsmouth, New Hampshire, maybe? Uh, Manchester, probably. Manchester and probably like Portland, Maine. Yeah, Portland, um, Maine, yeah. So those would be the big ones. But Providence, they have not done a pay-per-view in Providence since April 6th, 2000. April 26th? 6th? I just had it up in front of me. Yeah, April 26th, 2009. Backlash. So and this was John Cena taking on Edge for the title this is with Edge winning. I think this is one you told me that Mark lost his shit about. <laughs> um, maybe not that. Well, no, that was that was New Year's Re- uh, Revolution. That was that was years prior. But this feud doesn't matter. The feud with Cena and and Edge, people I don't think give enough respect to it because that the they're so good at promos. You could tell the utter hatred they had for one another, especially Edge towards Cena. It was, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can imagine, but this is this is exciting. <clears throat> Looking forward. I th- You know, I haven't watched WWE in a while, minus NXT. But I think I've already, Scott and I have already decided, we might, we'll probably go to this one too. This one will be a fun one to go to. Um, Especially I'm thinking, unless they change it, I have a feeling this one's going to be Backlash. The traditional post-WrestleMania pay-per-view. I, but, I hope they don't name it WrestleMania Backlash again, like they did last this well, this year. I, <laughs> just, just, just leave it with Backlash. Give me the, the damn swinging scythes, all of it. Just, just give me the good shit. Just, just do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, give us, just give us Backlash. But what's also fascinating about this coming year. Not only are they holding the pay-per-view in Providence, but Saturday, November 26th, we're getting Survivor Series up at the Boston Garden. Mm. And this is another one I think Scott and I were going to have to... Because we were talking about SummerSlam when it got when it was supposed to be in Boston last year. Yep. Um, but I think this we're going to... It's going to be a pay-per-view-filled year. I know. I'm so excited. This will also, for me, cut another one off the list mm. um, of going to the top five. So, because I've been to Rumble, I've been to Mania, I've been to Money in the Bank. This will cut uh, Survivor Series off. SummerSlam would have been last year, but 
We don't know what happened there. But uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I am as well. You know, the fun doesn't stop. Um, now we can get ourselves over to Japan or maybe somewhere in Mexico, see some AAA, some New True. Japan, all Japan. That would be incredible. Uh, last bit of WWE news I want to mention. Um, their announcer, uh, I forgot his last name, Greg. You probably Hamilton. Have Greg Hamilton got released. Do you have the article in front of you, Scott? I, I don't. I've been trying to search for it. He, I don't know. He said something and it pissed off somebody and he ended up losing his job over it, which <laughs> seems to be the norm nowadays. But um, it's unfortunate because he was really probably one of their better announcers. But sometimes you gotta, you gotta be careful what you say. And well, unfortunately, so- it cost him his job. So, according to this article from comicbook.com, Greg Hamilton comments on WWE release from October 27th. Um, As I get older, my mother is in her 70s. My sister, Jessie, who has cerebral palsy, those are my priorities. Not chasing fame, not being on television. 52 weeks a year became too much without our mental health. We have nothing but man, what a ride. So, maybe probably spending more time with his family, being closer to his family. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'll make out of. I believe that was the official statement, but I think something else happened on the back end. <clears throat> as expected, as expected. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he uh, has using uh, enhancement drugs, you know, as a comment, as an announcer, you know, very, very damaging to a career like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was he was the announcer for Shane McMahon, you know, the, the, the best in the world. So, you know, when you have to say that constantly every single night for so long, Sometimes it can, it can, you know, damage those vocal cords. Yes. He had enough. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think he was one of the best ones WWE had recently. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, I will tell you right now, I didn't really see him when he was in WWE, but Justin Roberts has become, like, my favorite announcer. He was real good in WWE, too. It's nice to see that, you know, he's continued – his excellence moving over to AEW. So I want to let you guys know, I was at, if you guys don't know, they filmed Dynamite and Rampage in Boston this past week. I had tickets since pre-COVID for this. So originally the plan was we were supposed to go to WrestleMania that year, and like the following week I was going to be a Dynamite. Like That was the goal. Yeah. That did not happen. So when I was there, and I don't really see this too often with a lot of the announcers, Justin Roberts is so active while in between shot, you know, in between like matches, in between when they're not, you know, they're on commercial break, in between the shows, he would sit there and he'd be. It's almost like you know when you go to a sports event and you have the call, okay, let's uh, get fans on the fan cam, something like yeah. that. He would do stuff like that. He was like, okay, do I have people who were in, uh, you know, who are on the Jericho cruise? You know, who's from? Do we have people from Georgia? Do we have people from California? Do we have people from here? Do we have people from South Carolina? Place went dead silent. And then started to rise up his voice. And of course he does his North Carolina. <laughs> of he, course. He, he's just so personable. And I really like that. He's very interactive with the crowd. Um, I think just before they went on the air too, it was like within like 30 seconds. He like looks down. There's like a little kid in like the front row. And he goes, 30 set. You. Your birthday's today. How old are you? Count of three. Happy birthday. Well, you know, whole place erupted. It, it was cool. And, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I know I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here, but 
Um, Greg Hamilton's great voice. I'd like to see where he would go, where he would fit, or what he's gonna do. What he's gonna do. Maybe, maybe it's a personal choice at this point. But it's kind of like Morrow. We want to see Morrow come back. But I, I was gonna say he could go one particular place, but this is the big story I want to talk about before we get to the shows. Yeah. Very important. So. Uh, sometime I think it was before before Dynamite. Was it that? Was it Wednesday? I think this dropped. I believe it was. It was Wednesday. Okay. I believe it was. It was announced that Ring of Honor had released everyone from their contracts after final battle in December. They will be going on quarter one hiatus. They're going to be rebranding. They're going to be reworking, trying to rework their product. Coming back in April for the Supercard of Honor. I am really this is this is a surprise, but I'm it's like 50-50. It's shocking because I think Ring of Honor has been the forefront of the independent scene. Mm. Up until May. Well, even even with AEW in the picture, because AEW is not an indie promotion. No. no. It's a promo it, it helps promote the independent scene, but it's not an indie promotion. Right. Ring of Honor's always been in the forefront of that. Yeah. Now the fact that they've cleared it and I get the official statement here. I wanna we're gonna talk about this a little bit. Okay. Get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> throughout the p- pandemic, our top priority was keeping everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. Now We now find ourselves at a time when we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December. We will take our first quarter of 2022 to work internally to re-image Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty, patience, blah, 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 blah. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. Now, to add to this, to add to this, come to find out the whole Ring of Honor tape library is now available to the highest bidder. So there's a lot more at work here, a lot more at yep. stake. Yep. Are they merging with another company? Um, I don't know. A, a lot of people are taking this as like this is the death of ROH. It seems like it, especially Which when you is, want to sell your whole tape library. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Now, I'm really curious. I'm seeing an article up here. From yesterday, about potentially bringing in GCW talent, so maybe they're going to start working with a bunch of different other promotion. I don't know. The tape library fascinates me though, because they're going to mm. sell it to the highest bidder. I personally think this is the opportunity for Tony Khan to take advantage of this. See if you can outbid Vince. I don't I I know I know I'm gonna sound very condescending here. I know Vince is uh very uh him, Bruce Pritch I gotta throw Bruce in the mix because there's a lot of Bruce Pritchard's like is like Igor. Sorry, I just watched Young Frankenstein again for <laughs> first time in a while. I think it's Igor. Like Bruce is like his number two man. Yeah. And I can see him being very spiteful and buying it just to hold it. Oh yeah. 
But I'm hoping Tony picks it up, especially because this is this is something I found out. I've been looking to buy all in on DVD because that that is the pay per view that I think we 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 could pinpoint points. You know, I think Kenny Omega, you know, Omega Okada one really was like the rumbling. It was like an earthquake underneath mm. the feet of wrestling fans that there's shit going on. There's a lot of other things in the world that is not WWE. Right. Bring it notice to that. All in showed, hey, there's a market. Like this was the point where it's like we it was it's it was like WrestleMania. I mean, Vince threw everything he had at the original WrestleMania. And it became the success it did. All out did that, I think, for the independent scene. And to, you know, awaken what would become all elite wrestling. So I would hope Tony Khan. Oh, no. So this is what I was getting at. So I was trying to get all in because I want a copy of that. I just feel like that's a paper you need to own. Yep. The Bucks and all AEW own the trademark there. But Ring of Honor owns the tape. So. Interesting. So I think this is the time where they need to. So, I think they need to buy this. I think ring. This is a chance for them to, especially if they release some of these DVD, you know, some of this older content on DVD. Uh, I know we got these networks and whatnot. Well, that's another thing. There, they want to at some point make an AEW network. Imagine if they bought the Ring of Honor tape. Yeah, but there's your first bit to go on. Or, I mean, hell, if they somehow merge with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor became their independent promotion. Yeah, we have all this AEW talent signed, but guess what? We got all these, you know, on the on the side, we have Ring of Honor. If you if you want to do your own indie stuff, cool, but we have Ring of Honor shows that you can work as well. So it's it's almost like doing house shows, except they're not obligated to. You right. can either go on the indie scene or you can go work Ring of Honor. Right. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, they're pretty much they were they were pretty much pre AEW AEW, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> this is something, and it kind of it, it did hurt. I'll tell you right now, Scott, it did hurt. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor. I think I went to uh not Global Wars. I mean, I went to that one. It's the best in the world. That was my first independent wrestling show I went to. Nice. And I've been to three Ring of Honor shows, and they were probably some of the best wrestling shows I've been to. Exciting. Super exciting. And it's, it kind of hurts. It, it hurts. Um, but I'm going to see what happens. We will be keeping an eye on this. Especially since they have some really good talent signs still. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you have people like John Grisham and Jay Lethal. But Jay Lethal's the big one. Yeah. Like, mm. And then up and comers, you have um, Danhausen, who's showing up all over the place. Yep. Um, Bandito, Roosh, um, they just started a women's division. Again, yeah. <laughs> God, I know it's it's unfortunate for a lot of you know talented people, and hopefully they're all able to bounce back. Hopefully ROH themselves are able to bounce back. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens in next year. Yes, we will have to. We'll be watching. Um, a lot going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, uh, you know, especially you got GCW making its way up the ranks. Impact's been doing really good, and now they're in Vegas. 
New Japan celebrating their 50th anniversary with, oh, yeah, we need, to, we need to talk about that, too. Sorry, I'm all over the place, Scott. It's like, the more <laughs> we talk. So This is the news segment. This is what happens, Sam. <clears throat> so. Oh, man, how, how should we start this? Yeah, we'll talk about this because I already led into it. Okada won the G1. We talked about this. But he is adamant right now about bringing what I would arguably say might be the greatest, A, the best title, the most important title, and probably my favorite title. Like, it's the most beautiful title on the planet. The original IWGP heavyweight title during the Okada era. Oh, my God. He should have put tapings on that. I remember when I sent you that link with him coming to the ring with that belt. And I was like, countdown for Sam exploding <laughs> in five, <laughs> four, three. Ah! I, I was, I, in, in, it was insane. It's yeah. insane. That belt is a gorgeous belt. And it was a shame that it ever went away in the first place. And I'm hoping to God that he brings the old one back. This is something I know wrestling fans could probably stab me for. But there are very few belts that are as gorgeous as the gold belt, the big belt, the, the title belt. The only the only belt that I own. <laughs> yeah, it's the World Heavyweight Championship. The only one I could are the only one out there I would arguing we could talk about the nxt uk title we could talk about AEW's belt which looks pretty nice you know <clears throat> uh, there's something about the iwgp heavyweight title that it's just so it's just something again i will go back to growing up <clears throat> pre-youtube pre you know when it was very difficult you know the days of the tape traders where i was too young to be tape trading or i'd read books where you know oh, i started my career here and i did this this and this and then in 1995, they sent me to Japan. <laughs> going to Japan was like going to boot camp. Yep. You know, you, you heard the stories about going over there. So for me, this title is like, this, this is a very important, very beautiful title. I hope he brings it back. But it just makes, ugh, it makes Wrestle Kingdom so much exciting this year. Right. <sighs> As I said, I'm going to be in West Palm. So my brother, you know, he's going to, he's going to learn today. <laughs> You're going to learn what Wrestle Kingdom is all about. Yes, he is. But I know, Scott, we have one more news topic we really want to talk about. The clock is finally over. We have another free agent in our midst, and we have no idea where the fuck he's going. A lot of hints, though. Hmm. Wyndham, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. Mike Rotunda's son, is a free agent as of October 29th. It was kind of exciting because when I was at the Rampage in Dynamite taping, you sent me that. And I was like, we were taught, we, me and my friends were talking about, I'm like, could he? It's like, well, no, it's he can't. And my buddy Rob's like, but it technically in about an hour, it's going to be Friday. So we had these like back and forth and we were, obviously it didn't happen, but... I think there's a big chance that his his release feels big. Yeah. Like big, like, uh, you know, Brian Danielson kind of made hints at it. 
CM Punk was a shock. This feels like this is a big thing. This is a big thing. Um, we've had a couple of notices, like you mentioned. Um, what did he? Tw- somebody said a uh, Wyndham Six or something like that. Yes, um, <laughs> I love I, I love the um, <laughs> wrestling fans on the internet. Sometimes um, he renamed his Twitter handle to Wyndham Six, and not one, but a lot of people quickly noted that oh, Dark Order doesn't have a number six. Maybe maybe this is just him foreshadowing that he's going to be Dark Order number six, and he's going to come to AEW and take over the the, the Dark Order. And I'm just like, okay, I, I can see the possibilities there. But I don't know if they want to do that. I mean, they kind of already had the little division within, you know, the Dark Order, and then it got fixed. That's all good and fine, but now they're kind of not really having a storyline. They're still having matches with the Elite, but I don't know. I felt like that would have been the time to strike, to have Wyndham come in and do something that way. But since it's already been resolved, I don't know. It would it'd be weird, especially with, you know, Hangman going into full gear for the title now. Right. Really, really weird dynamic for that to happen. Unless, again, long-term storybooking. Who yeah. knows? Who knows what what they could flesh out? The other thing, too, is Matt Hardy posted about this. Mm. You know, I know him and Matt worked a little bit together in WWE. They would I just... just... <sighs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I... There's something... I've said this, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast, I probably have. Bray Wyatt, to me, I've said this a a long time, Bray Wyatt, to me, felt like the guy who should have taken over for The Undertaker. Yes. One million percent agree. It wasn't going to be Mordecai. It wasn't going to be any of these other... uh, Roman and Brock still don't make sense to me. Roman's... Romans would have made more sense if Taker honestly retired. That would have made perfect sense, and I would have been completely okay with it. Brock's, to this day, does not make any sense to me. At all. Yeah. It just... If anything, and I did watch his match. Who did he... Did, was it thir- at WrestleMania 31 he wrestled The Undertaker? Bray? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If he did that and then beat The Undertaker, maybe like the year after the AJ Styles match, or maybe, you know, because the Styles one was good. You know, I, I did enjoy what he did there. But again, he's a loyal man. He's been with the company for so long. Um, maybe he's the one exception of somebody not going out on his back. There was a gift from all of his year of dedication. Vince allowed that, that to happen. But anyways. That's true. That's true. Bray or Wyndham. Wyndham Rotunda. That's a name that speaks like power. That's like a. Mm. You know, that that almost sounds like a Vince made up name, but it's not. Right. Uh, I do love how he already has the uh, the uh, the hashtag uh, cult of Wyndham. Yeah. And and I've noticed like for a while he hasn't been active on social media in the last couple of days. 
I think um, I have actually just been yesterday when I noticed this. Uh, there was an article that came out. I won't give credit to this trash organization that put it out, um, but I think you might know who I'm talking about. Yep. They uh, they put out an article about how um, Bray deserved to be fired from WWE, and Wyndham himself responded to it and lit them up. And I was so happy about it. <laughs> and the whole... Well, the whole IWC just like came to his defense and it was just, I'm like, yes, light these motherfuckers up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm, he's out. We're waiting to see what's going to happen now. This, 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 he has a chance to show up and do damage. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when they're going to do it. They could hold off until now. Just imagine. If he does go to AEW, full gear. If Omega somehow holds on to the title, lights go out, or whatever they end up doing, and then there he is at the top of the the, the ramp. Can you imagine? Wyndham and Omega. (laughs) I just got to chill down my spine. (laughs) Just... Oh, that that was possibilities. Like, that's like, and Omega's like the perfect. And this is my favorite moments so far with AEW in the past. We can say almost three years now, have been moments where talent shows up, former WWE talent, and they just stand there, eye to eye with Kenny. Mm. First and foremost, let's go with. I mean, we'll even jump back. The uh, the year Jericho showed up in Japan. Yep. I'll never forget that. I was like December, and I saw the vi- and I'm like, this somebody had a, there's no way. I'm like somebody had to Photoshop this, and I watched the video, and I showed my brother. I'm like, my, I'm like, look, look, what's about to happen? And it was just, it was, it was, it's comic book. It's like the multiverse was me, yeah, like connecting. Yep. And then we had double or nothing. You know, Jericho's out there. I demand a thank you, and the crowd is slowly building up, and the camera cuts to Moxley walking down, and then it's only Moxley and Kenny face-to-face. Brian Danielson, another example, when those two were... But I, yeah, I'm, even if it's not a title match, like, imagine if... Oh, my God. <laughs> Possibilities, you know, live... Sam. This is... This in... is... This is a this is a big deal. The, we live in a weird time right now. Whether you think politics, world uh, world conflicts, you know, you know the economy, et cetera, et cetera. This is probably the most exciting part of the world we live in. This is the timeline we live in. Yes. This yes. is this. Uh, oh man, I'm just I'm like a little kid. <laughs> I'm like a little kid. But Scott, we're gonna get right into it. AW Dynamite and Rampage were live at the Aganis Arena in Boston. It uh, first and foremost, this crowd was electric all night. Mm. And I was at the mind you, I was at the second taping of Dynamite in Boston back in October of 2019. There wasn't as much of a crowd. It was actually all the sections that were empty last time were full because there were empty sections when I went last time. Makes sense. This time they were full. I was sitting in a section that was that was like 
blanketed off, like with the like the black tarp or whatnot. Yeah. It was no longer that. It was full. The show was sold out. There were seats empty, whether that be people weren't vaccinated, people didn't get their COVID test, whatever the reason. Yeah. There were seats that were empty, but it was not as noticeable. Not no. all night. The crowd was electric. The crowd was on fire. Especially when they kicked off with CM Punk. This is what I'll say. I will say this first and foremost. If I if 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 I told myself when I first if you and I went back in time to April, end of March, April 2017, and you and I looked at our past selves and go, Sam, in 2021, you're going to be at a promotion called AEW Dynamite where you will be able to see CM Punk wrestle. You'll be able to see Brian Danielson wrestle, and you'll be seeing Sting make an appearance. Um, you and I would be on the bottom of Narragansett Bay. <laughs> That's how I expected that to go, but yes, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you are a kook. So we kick things off. With a banger of a match, CM Punk taking on Bobby Fish. <sighs> Crowd was nonstop. And it, I had to go back and watch a little bit of it. I didn't watch it all, but man, that crowd. Like I said, you could, it It was great. This match was a lot, a lot of fun. Mm. I can talk about, I mean, everyone, uh, most people who have listened to the show have been to a wrestling event. But Scott, I'm gonna let you lead on this one because you were the one live tweeting. So I want to get your feet. I mean, you know, I was excited. I had a lot of fun. I, I need, I need to get this from the perspective of somebody who watched it on TV. No, I mean, like you said, you you were 100 correct. Like the crowd was just absolutely insane during this whole show, and I love it because Boston's always been one of those crowds that has always been. Very rowdy when it comes to wrestling shows, as the crowds should be for these types of shows. But I was I was so happy for you that you got to go to this show. Like you said, you've been waiting years to go to this because of COVID. And the action did not disappoint at all. Like you said, this match between Punk and Bobby Fish was absolutely outstanding. Um the only part, and I don't think, because we, I, I texted you when this happened at the very end, um, when Punk pinned Bobby Fish after hitting the GTS. Bobby Fish, I don't know if he meant to kick out or if he purposely kicked out late. It was at like literally three seconds, three point zero 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 one second, and he kicked out. And. I, the thing that kind of struck me as odd is that the way Punk just kind of glared at the ref once he hit the three and rang the bell. And I'm thinking to myself, was this match supposed to go longer? <laughs> and was Fish supposed to kick out of the GTS? I don't know. That That's the one part about that, that kind of struck me as odd. And I know you were live. You obviously wouldn't. When I texted you that, you're like, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. So I thought that was kind of weird. But otherwise, like I said, the match, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> it was fun. I mean, I was kind of like keeping up with you, kind of paying attention to some other things. I was with my friends, you know, having a good time. Um, well, like I said, being a, being a metalhead and being into music and being a shorter guy, I love going to concerts, but you know, most of the time I'm like sitting there like, oh, I'm always stuck behind the tall guy and I'm like, it's a gravitational pull. Like here I am, <laughs> here, 
All right, cool. I got a good shot of the show. Once the show starts, it's like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, I had this one guy in front of me who would stand up during all the good segments and just clap. And he was just like, 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 here's the ring. Here's him. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a short thing. It, that's one thing that just bothered me about, you know, my height, you know, getting stuck behind it. But, you know, I was able to see most of it. Um, following that. And again, I didn't get to see most of these interview, uh, most of the segments. Um, because you know when we were, lo- you don't really get to hear the audio like the uh, Brian Danielson, so the CM Punk Eddie Kingston one. I didn't. That's the only one I think I heard that night. Everything else was kind of like just quiet in the background. Yeah, they didn't have the audio on. Everything was going on. What was in the arena, whatnot. Uh, but next okay. we had MJF. In a squash match. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is not the only time somebody dissed Boston in losing uh, the World Series finals mm. or be in the World Series playoffs. Um, I sat there and I was like, dude, this guy is going to, he's going to shit away. I was waiting for him to make the comment. I was, he was, he is too good. He is too good. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, this, this happened and he's talking. And then the music kicked in, and it was the fake out. And we're like, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're faking out this and that. And then the lights go back, you know, back off. <laughs> oh, Sean, you know, stop digging around. Ha ha, it's already funny. Then Sting is standing there. And everyone's like. I, I had to, pr- again, I had to, pro- I'm like. I'm witnessing an event where Sting shows up. It's just crazy. I, I, I don't think. I mean, I've I've I don't watch WCW when it was you know on, and I've but I've watched enough documentaries to understand his impact on that company. Yep. In some ways, and I'm not saying apples to apples here, but like Sting to WCW was just as important as Stone Cold and The Rock, Hulk Hogan was to you know the WWF W you know back in the, you know he had that star power. So that's that's what I was taking it as like. If Stone Cold The Rock showed up on Raw on Monday and I was there, yeah, I'm going to pop. Just like I pop for Sting. I'm like, it's, it's Rock fucking Sting. Yep. And then obviously Darby comes out and then he you know hits him with the skateboard. Now, you got to remember where we're sitting. I sent you photos. We're like, the Against Arena is small. It's a college arena. But it, it's still a decent seating. So all we saw was he hit Wardlow with the skateboard. And I don't think it wasn't until I saw your tweet. And I'm like, they were thumbtacks. Yep, <laughs> they were thumbtacks. <laughs> they had a they had a photo later um, of of Wardlow's back, or at least him wearing a shirt, and the entire line of where the um, skateboard was was just blood. <laughs> I was like, well, that'll leave a mark. <laughs> yep. Um. So I think to- this was top of the hour at this point. Am I thinking top of the hour? No, it's just before that. We had the TNT Championship match. Sammy Guevara taking on all you Ethan Page. Again, another great battle. Oh, I, I could talk about. <clears throat> this was this was a match I could not. I, I think I put my phone down at one point during this because I was just so enthralled with what I was seeing. You know, Sammy Guevara, who is like one of their rising stars. Ethan Page, who I've been, you know, we've been fans of since um, Impact. Yep. 
Um, obviously, Guevara defeating Paige for the title. Um, and I think this is where we got to see Jericho come back because he was on the cruise. Um, yes. If I'm, yeah, because um, I think after this match was over, this was when Scorpio Sky Scorpio, came out. Yeah. Started beating up on Sammy, and then the music hits, and everybody's singing while Jericho and the rest of the inner circle run into the ring. And <laughs> that's another thing. I was just like, he gets to sing Judas <laughs> live with everybody. And I remember I texted you after it was done. I'm like, please tell me how that was. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. And actually, that might have almost been the biggest pop of the night. It might have been. Because everyone, because even you were telling, we were talking, it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're coming off the cruise. They're not going to be up there, this and that. And then he shows. Yeah. And you're like, okay. So, um, so I think they that's where they officially announced the 10-man Minneapolis street fight. Uh, the Inner Circle taking on American Top Team Men of the Year. Also, there was another match that was in, I think the Derby... An MJF match is official now for full gear. For full gear, yeah. I think they announced three matches. I think this night. So those were two of them. Yeah. Um, this here though, this next match, and I want this was really good. Uh, the TBS Championship Tournament match: Hikaroshida versus Serena Deeb. Now mm. I saw the fiftieth win trophy, and Hikaroshida got the win and moves forward, and this is her fiftieth win. Yep, my understanding. But I don't know if that came out with Serena or like how I, I missed that that portion of what was going on here. Like, was she supposed to be presented if she won this one? Like, did they make note they, of it? They made a they made a big deal of the of their first match when um, Sheeta was at forty nine wins, and that was supposed to be the big you know celebration of the fiftieth victory. And obviously, Serena took, you know, exception to it and beat the ever ever living daylights out of Sheeta and and beat her. So then, uh, to celebrate that, she literally just went and grabbed the the, the little plaque and smashed Sheeta's face with it. <laughs> so this time, I think Sheeta brought it out just as the bot, just just the the main portion of it because I think it, like it snapped in two or something. So she didn't even have the other part. So it was just kind of there. And then after she beat her, she's like, oh, hey, look, her 50th. But again, didn't get time to celebrate because Serena Deeb decides, hey, screw her, tax her after the match. Beat her pretty bad. I was wondering if maybe she would have to forfeit her her opportunity. and Maybe that would be a way for Serena Deeb to slide back in. Or I don't know. We'll see what happens. But this, I, I, I feel like this feud isn't over between these two ladies. No, this is actually uh, – this might be one of my favorite feuds going on with the women's division here. Mm. Um, so following that, we had – was this a squash match? Almost a squash match? Dark uh, Order. Yeah. I, I would say, unfortunately, yes, it was a squash match. And I feel like – I understand why they're doing this with Moxley, but I feel like – Preston Vance deserved better, honestly. Like, this kid's been, like, on a huge winning streak, doing great things, and then he literally gets almost his face almost bitten off. <laughs> like, Moxley's, like, he's not getting paid by the hour. Like, this man yeah. walks in the ring, beats the crap out of him, rips his mask, bites his cheek, 
like bloodies this man pretty bad and then just ends the match and then just walks out. Yeah. Yeah, this was but this might be setting up Moxley and nothing against Preston Vance. Um because the next round, if I'm not mistaken, is Moxley taking on Orange Cassidy. Yes. So <laughs> we might be painting Moxley as a monster. And oh no, Orange Cassidy, he's going to go up against Moxley? I don't see him doing this to, to Cassidy. No, but like I think I think the image being painted is like he's a, he's been like just plowing through everybody. And now he has to go up against Cassidy, who, yeah. by the way, they taped a little bit of Dark Elevation when I was there. And... uh he Orange Cassie wrestled Max Caster, and they had a kind of a, I, I you could say rap battle, maybe. Oh, oh God. <laughs> maybe. All I remember, uh, all I remember is like Max Caster over there. He's, he's doing his thing, and then his tag team partner, you know, says what he needs to say, and then all of a sudden, I noticed from my seat, and I'm like, Cassidy has a mic. We. <laughs> We're about to get a rap battle from Orange Cassidy. And I don't know if he even said 10 words. It was perfect, though. I'm like, this is the rap battle we need. (laughs) Uh, But we're getting close to full gear. And I think one thing you and I have really argued with AEW is they know how to build up pay-per-view. Yeah. They know how to do the build-up. But they also don't have to wait every two weeks for a pay-per-view, so. True. Exactly. So finally, we had... Um, Cody come out making this whole and this was the weirdest let me tell you this might be the weirdest storyline I think I may have seen in wrestling and I've seen what Vince Russo did in WCW (laughs) but the fact that Cody Rhodes came out and says I am not gonna turn even if you boo me I'm like this is a wrestling storyline that is self aware Yep. there's a deeper meaning to this and I'm confused and I'm cold naked alone and afraid (laughs) You know, this was it was it was odd. It was just like again, long term book. I I will wait to see how this. But the fact it was like I will not turn. That's not how that works. Right. But right. Right. But then obviously Malachi Black comes out and Andre El Idolo, which I'm really curious about this partnership. Yes. This is going to be fascinating, especially since Andrade feels like he has, you know, he's playing the, oh, I'm not getting used right. This not, da, 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 da. But then Pac comes out. Pac comes out, makes the save, and then flips them off when they run out of the ring. He even did the same, like, bounce back into the ring, I believe, as Malachi used to do, which I thought was quite hilarious in its own right. And then the birds, and I was like, yes. So I believe he, we're getting a tag match between those four. What, this dynamite? I believe so. We'll have to look. It always seems to be difficult to find the cards prior to the show if you don't, like, write them down. Yeah, because I believe it's going to be Malachi and Andrade versus Cody and Pac. Believe. But either way. I'm I'm very interested to see because Cody could say he's not going to turn all he wants. He's going to turn. It's going to happen. It's just what's that final straw that breaks the camel's back? Or maybe 
we're gonna go the Bucks route and oh no, pretend to be shocked and oh he's being a you know, he's being a dick. Yeah. Which is also a fun way to go about it. That is true. But let's talk about this main event. Let's let's talk <laughs> about this. The Dark Order taking on the Elite or the Super Click in what was, I believe, was this an eight-man tag? Yeah, eight-man tag. Yep. This was hysterical. You know, um, Stu Grayson coming out as Kratos. Um, I believe Evil Uno was supposed to be Woody. Colt Cabana was Brandon Cutler. That one killed me. Absolutely outstanding. Um, And I forgot... Uh, John, John Silver was he was Bambi, like he said on Twitter. He was yep. gonna come out as Bambi. He was Bambi. <laughs> wow, the Bucks came out. The Bucks, Adam Cole, and Kenny dress up as an old it goes back to the Ring of Honor days where they were the, the Ghostbusters. Loved it. And then you had Michael Nakazawa dressed up as uh the baby, I believe, from was it the first movie? The baby. Yes. And then we had the State Puff Marshmallow Man. This ma- first and foremost, I was so excited. I've seen most of them wrestle before, but I have not been in a building to experience, you know, the thing, you know, Adam Cole, baby. I yeah. literally, all of my friends did this because I was on the left end. As soon as I, I jumped up when he did it, yes. did the same thing. <laughs> and all you just could see all of them go. <laughs> they don't understand, Sam. They don't understand. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But this was a lot of fun. This is what I expected. Sometimes, you know, when you watch on TV, it looks like a it, it can look like a mess sometimes with everyone all over the place. But when you're in an arena, there is a lot of like just energy and excitement and all oh, this yeah. other stuff going on. Um, so maybe it's not meant so much for the TV audience as it is for the live audience, because with the live audience, you feel yeah. the energy there. Yep. So we have this cool match. I uh, got to see all the, you know, the box tropes. Uh, they knocked, I think it was Rick Knox was the ref. Yes. Um, got knocked down, which is weird because he's not one that usually gets knocked down. It's true. He, um, he gets knocked down and you see the, and I was watching this. I could tell. So in the corner of my eye, I see him on the corner and I see the state of marshmallow man kind of like talking to him and I'm like, somebody's in that suit. At first, I thought it might have been. Uh, I had no I, idea who it was. I thought it was Cutler, to be honest with you. Yeah, granted, I have. Yeah, I have. I have. It, this is what kills it for me. So I have some people that'll text me like at the beginning of something, like, "Oh, that's this," and I'm like, "I did have one person text me, oh, it's Paige," and I'm like, "Why don't we live in the moment? Just yeah, just enjoy it for God's sakes." Like, because I'm like I'm sitting there and I was like. Well, they first said Paige. They spelled it P-A-I-G-E. And I'm like, what? You, what? Why would Paige be in there? <laughs> so I'm like watching. And then I see him climb up. And the, you could feel the building was like. Yeah. And you got the now legendary photo. With Hangman taking, you know, the, the, the head off. And, oh, it was a moment. It was a moment. Um, The Dark Order get the pin. I think it was. Matt, it was Matt who ended up get, taking the pin on that one. But this was a lot of fun. This was a great episode of Dynamite being there. And that might be something – I would argue that that was because I was at the event. I would also argue against that 
because I've been to pay-per-views that were garbage. I went to Clash of Champions 2017, which some people argue is like one of the worst. Minus mm. Brian Danielson finally being able to actively kick somebody in the face for the first time in a few years. That was definitely the highlight of the show. I agree with you 100%. Well, okay. It was that, and then it was before the pay-per-view even started because that was, a, uh, I think we were in playoff season then in the NFL. And I remember I had my phone, and I was trying to watch the game. You know, the garden, the internet sucks. So I'm sitting there, and it was New England playing Pittsburgh. Mm. 2017 going into 2018. So this is when they went to go play the Eagles, I believe, in the yep. Super Bowl. Uh, it was that touchdown that got overturned, where the Steelers threw, oh, it's in, and then... I'm like, fuck, there's the game. And then it was overturned. And you could tell something had happened because that building exploded <laughs> louder than any other wrestler come out. I think everyone could have left after 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 the after New England won, they could have left the arena and not watched right. the paper. That was the high, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna jump over. We can talk about Rampage, which I was also at, but we're gonna talk about impact quickly. Um yeah, we kicked off. First and foremost with Moose. Kill, killer promo by Moose. Uh, going after WWE and AEW. Oh. <laughs> did you watch that whole thing? I did. Woo. And usually, you know, I'm, I I, I kind of sh- I cringe sometimes when I'm like, oh, why are you doing that? Just he executed this perfectly. The way you're supposed. He like went after them, but he didn't go after them. Right. Like, he made vague statements. He didn't go, oh, the other guys on the other channel. Yeah, no. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Eddie Edwards came out, you know, to attack Moose. Alexander then came out. And then we got Minoru Suzuki, who is going to be wrestling. Granted, it's already been taped. He's already back in Japan, from my understanding. Um, But he will be wrestling Josh Alexander at some point. Uh, in the future, open bout was the X Division Championship match. Trey Miguel taking on Rocky Romero. This was a lot of fun. I I hear Rocky Romero on commentary at New Japan all the time, and I just know him as the manager of Rapongi 3K. I forget he wrestles. He's... Man can go, yeah. And it was cool. It was you know Trey Miguel is the X Division champion. You know this is something I think everyone's wanted for. A while. Like I think he's like the underdog. Mm. You know, he won the title. He looked great. You know, he's going to have the belt for a little bit. His matches are always a lot of fun. He obviously retained against Romero. Following that, we had Rachel Elring taking on Tasha Steele. Where uh, Rachel Elring defeating Steele. Heath took on Joe Doring, which went to oh, a geez. no contest. Because I thought about this. I'm like, I'm like, there's no way they're going to just let Joe run like train on Heath is like first match back. And then I think Rhino or Eric Young came back, I think, because he can tech. He said, oh, I'm injured. And he attacked Rhino. So looking forward, you know, anything violent by design, I always look forward to. Mickey James came out and addressed her uh, Bound for Glory win, which you and uh, and then actually we had Madison Rain come out. So, future future uh, feud of legends, maybe. I don't know. Be curious to see what happens there. 
That would be interesting. Then the main event, this was actually felt like a short episode of Impact. Um, this actually started about half past the hour at 9.30. Chris Sabin taking on Ace Austin. Um, with Austin defeating Sabin. This, this was great. I mean, I, like I said, this feels like Ring of Honor if they had a TV contract, this right. company. And I will not stop watching it. Um, I said that, I say that, but I also like, we were off the train for like a month. And we said the same thing about NWA. And here we are. So we're going to hop right into Rampage. How do you follow up in the same building after such a great episode of Dynamite to kick off your taped other show? You put Brian Danielson at the beginning. That's how. Now, I will go to something that we've discussed recently where you and I have talked about this. And I've seen videos about it, how Monday Night Raw back in the day always had their their main event was always at the beginning. Yep. Because, A, you got the younger crowd, you know, the younger kids are still up. Um, it makes the audience look hype. Oh, cool. We're going to have, you know, this big thing going on. This formula works. I will, I will hands down, I believe this formula just works. Mm-hmm. It keeps you hooked. Imagine having to watch, like, garbage. I mean, you know, you watch Monday Night Raw. So imagine right. watching, like, you know, kicking off the show. Like, something like, uh, just like a dark elevation match. You're like, oh, okay. That's like going to a concert. Uh, well, nah, this, is a, this is a little trickier. That's like going to a concert later because you don't want to see anyone but the uh, the headliner. Right. Um, But we kicked it off. Eddie Kingston taking on Brian Danielson. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any other words for it other than holy shit. This, again, the building was on fire when this match kicked. Uh, both looked great. You know, Brian, as much as he comes off as he's not an anti-hero, but he's like, he's weird between like a face and an anti. He's like, he's not an anti. He's just like a, I'm coming to kick the shit out of everybody. Yep. But at the end of the match, he went to go shake Eddie's hand, who Eddie just walked out. Which this is, I will tell you, this is one thing that confuses me with AEW. They will have all these stars. Like, for example, Pac's another one. One moment he's heels with Death Triangle. Next thing you know, he's faced with Cody. Eddie Kingston is best friends with John Moxley, who are, you know, face anti heel, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Now he wrestles here. Now he comes off as an asshole. Now he's a heel. And you're like, The thing about the thing about this, I'll give my opinion on it. Um, yeah. I think this match was was going to be fine, but it was until Brian Danielson had that promo after what was it last week's Dynamite, where he basically says that Eddie Kingston doesn't do any hard work except when it's in the ring, and obviously Eddie took exception to that. And it just fueled this whole thing. And there was even, I believe there was even a promo during Dynamite itself where Eddie Kingston kind of had like a, a fire back at, at Brian Danielson talking about how, you know, like he doesn't know anything about him. Like you won't know until he walks in the shoes and that he takes, I think it was Zoloff for, uh, every day or something like that. So now he doesn't kill somebody. <laughs> so it's just like, 
I think just Kingston was just running on so much pure emotion from this match, and the match was just this was this was the this was the perfect striker versus technician style match. Like they just beat the ever living crap out of one another. Once again, Brian Anderson's chest looked like ground meat. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It's funny you bring this up now. So I'm thinking about it. That was, my, and I was excited for this match, but I'm also like these. You, you, you know, again, you and I playing WWE champions. You know, this is kind of like how we've broken things down now. That's how. Yep, but like yep. watching, I was like, how is this gonna work? I'm excited, but I'm also kind of curious how they're gonna execute it because yeah, Danielson's a technician. Yep. Eddie King's is a hard striker. Yep. Two different styles, and they made it work. And this really might well. be one of, if not my favorite match of the like, the the night. I uh, no, I agree. Hundred percent. This for me was my favorite out of everything. Yeah, um, and we didn't stop. Like that was the thing. You know, Rampage has had some match. You know, uh, well, we'll be honest. Rampage is you know it's Friday. They kind of put some throwaway matches on there. Um, but oh yeah, just before I jump over, uh, Eddie Kingston walked him back, cut in front of CM Punk, and I think we're looking at a future full gear match. Which oh my god. But now we got to see Dante Martin taking on Matt Seidel, their third match. Can we go back to the numbers again? I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It, this this was a lot. It, this match for me solidified Dante Martin as that fifth pillar. Yep. You know, this kid has so much promise. He's so much fun. Everyone cheered. Like, the crowd was so involved with him. Probably because he's a little work on his mic skills, like a lot of talent, but that's not a big problem. He that's has some of the best has, people in the business. That's why he has Leo Rush right now. Yes. You know, you know, he, you'll give him, give him time to work with, you know, Kenny at one point or Jericho at one point or somebody, and he'll get there. But this match, even Matt Seidel, let me give, give props to the former Evan Bourne from WWE. You know, I think he kind of, he comes in as, oh, just another talent, but he's not. These two, these two put on a banger of a match. Yeah. You know, I hope these matches don't get forgotten, you know, in the future. I hope these are remembered. Uh, you know, you know, there's sometimes you go back and you, you know, you forget about a lot of matches. Then, you yeah. know, go back. Oh, I remember Raw 95. They had this match happen. This was incredible. It's like, there's a, it's funny. There's a match like that for Survivor Series, I think, 97. That was, I think it was the opening match. I think, was it Owen Hart? I gotta look this up because Survivor Series '97. Because I, I again, I, I watch a lot of lists from like Cultaholic and What Culture, and I go back and watch this stuff, and I'm like, wow, this there's so many hidden gems, so much stuff that gets overlooked from history. Yep. So a good example of this was it wasn't the opening match. It was the match before it. Stone Cold defeating Owen Hart for the IC title, which. If I'm not mistaken, this was is the this... match the Stone Cold broke his neck. Yeah, I was just going to ask, was this the broken neck match? Yeah. Which you never think, when you think about what happened to Stone Cold's neck and his uprising, and what happened with Bret Hart, those almost feel like two completely different worlds. And then you realize, oh, this happened within the same hour of each other in the same building. Yep. So I hope Dante Martin and Matt Seidel's match does not get forgotten. These I might have to go back and watch these. These were... Even my buddy Robbie goes. He he's like fucking Dante Martin. He goes. He's he's a star. He's gonna have. He's gonna be a TNT champion one day. Yep. 
Um, finally, we have this fascinating, fascinating trick-or-treat match between Abaddon and Britt Baker. If Abaddon won, she got a title shot. And boy, what a what a bout this was. Especially the opening with Mark Henry there. <laughs> Abaddon, how do you plan to feed her? He just like bleeds right. out of her mouth. And then he's like going to Britt. Britt's talking. They go back to the film. Oh, wait. Oh, looks like Abaddon's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Britt's instant panic. That She's like, like what's going well on? That was well done. You know, and hearing Mark Henry do his main event, you know, it's time for the main event in 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 the stadium or the arena was a lot more exciting than I, I mean. In TV, it's fun, but it's like, oh, now here we go. Yeah. Uh, you could feel Britt Baker being over in the building. Yeah. Which is great. Again, we've watched this on TV. We've watched every it just being back in the build because she was, yeah, she got signed that flub, the infamous. Jericho Cruz flub happened before COVID yep. after I'd seen him. So she, she hadn't even made a rise by this point. Right. She's just another talent in the back. Yep. It's cool to see that Abaddon was over as shit. Yeah. Uh, she needs to be on television a lot more often. She does. She's it's, it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. Like the fact she went to go give her the, uh, her submission, but what the hell is it called? Oh, the lockjaw, the lockjaw. And she grabs her hand to go bite it. And, it's like, oh shit, no, 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 bad, bad. You know, they had the thumbtacks that she put in her mouth, and uh, I'm just. And then the table. Let's talk about the table first and foremost. My buddy John texted me just before we recorded this. He goes, "Wow, I'm glad that they're using New Japan's tables." And it was like, <laughs> I'm like, I know they are the same size. They're not a nope. full fledged table. Nobody pre-cut the table, guys. Yeah, and they did not once, twice. but twice. <laughs> This, uh, but the, the crowd was putting nobody over <laughs> during this match. <laughs> I think there might have been a point where I heard the crowd go, "Tables got it, <laughs> <laughs> tables got it." <laughs> oh, I, I love being in a wrestling crowd; it's incredible. Like, so just to jump back to the Dante Martin and uh, Matt Seidel, there was like a good five ten minutes where they weren't; they were just kind of like grappling and whatnot and like yeah. smacking each other running the ropes there's a little kid like three sections over you just hear him go do a flip do a flip and then his whole section started like screaming it and then one of them would do a flip and he'd go, yeah! <laughs> and they get quiet and he could go do another flip and the kid had to be like eight to like 11 i love so, it you know uh... it's <laughs> It was great. It was this was a great week. And again, it might just be because I was there, but you watched it and I agree. Yeah. It's it's the stuff like that that I definitely miss going to shows. You just have that little kid that it's like it's literally still real to them. And they're just they want their 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 favorite star to do something ridiculous. And then you have the people around that just are like, Yes, all right, let's go. This kid wants it, let's go. And then it happens, and then the huge pop, and it's just like, Yes. This that's is like, why we love wrestling. <laughs> that's like the chaotic show we went to. That little girl who is wrestling in the ring. Uh, JT Dunn. Yeah. And, and she, she just was... would not stop screaming at him. And he <laughs> literally, like multiple times, stops what he's doing and just turns and just looks at this girl going, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's also a testament to him 
and how great he is in the ring. No, that's that's what I liked about him. So like most other people, I'm, I'm easily distracted. So like I've been in me, I'll be in meetings like here in the same, like for work and I'll hear something in my back door and like I'll be and I'll just do like one of these. Like I just like turn. Yeah. Little things. Squirrel, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that he was able to go, he's still wrestling and he just. And just glares at her like, you yep. little shit. <laughs> and there's one point I remember her arms like, ah, like flipping yeah. off. And I think at one point he going back, ah. <laughs> That's great work. That is great, great work. But great week for wrestling. It is November. We now have less than two weeks, Scott. I know. And it's also funny because when this drops, it will be November 1st. It's also my favorite day of the year. It's 50 to 75% off candy day. Uh, Ah, yeah. So so for all you fat kids out there like me. It's funny. I don't eat a lot of candy anymore. I got to I really watch what I, you know, I'm like borderline diabetic. So I really got to watch it. But like they're like I was at my mother's laundromat last night or the other day. And she's like, you want candy? I'm like, no. So you sure? Yes. I'll just take some. And she pulls out. Oh, first and foremost, she had a bag of candy. Oh. She pulls out a big bag of Hershey bar. Nope. Kit Kat. Nope. Something. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Nope. A lot of sugar. Then she pulls out the pumpkin that she was going to, you know, for the kids when they come in. And it's Tootsie Rolls. Not only is it Tootsie Rolls, Scott, it's the best kind of Tootsie Rolls. It's the fruity ones. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So I just looked. The moment I saw because I'm a sucker for lime, I'm just like. I'll just take that one, 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 that one. The lime ones are the best ones. That they are. And like I said, great week for wrestling. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. I almost said YouTube. Don't forget to follow Ship It Studios, our latest partnership in our wrestling journey. They have a lot of other content podcasts about movies tv video games soccer really random one but there's also another wrestling podcast don't forget to follow back to the ring with the riddler and zach where they take your favorite matches of uh days past and include new talent in there they book everything from you know the year setting to the end of the match it's a lot of fun we've been on one episode you can find them at back to the ring we are on all streaming platforms if there's one you cannot find us on please let us know and we will put ourselves on there on your streaming device, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Above the Ring, Back to the Ring, and Ship It Studios is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, 
fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.